Lacroix, so nice. I can't complain. <laughs> I'm a millennial. How long you been doing jujitsu? Uh, not that long. Just like a year, maybe a year and a half. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, my buddy. I have a good buddy who is pretty into it, and we just started messing around, and that that was kind of the start. So okay. Yeah, yeah I'm intrigued by that. I've never done any type of martial art, but I'd yeah. like to. Yeah, I highly recommend it for yeah. It's been really sweet for me. So I love I love it. I like intense shit like that. So. Yeah. Where are you at? I'm in my I'm in my office in my house, in my big bougie house, and I am outside <laughs> of Asheville, North Carolina. I'm oh in nice. A town called Barnardsville, North Carolina. Nice. Yeah. I Where think, are you? Um I'm in a small town like 40 minutes north of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yeah, town called North Branch, just a little country town. Is that where you is that where you're originally from? Yeah, I grew up here. Uh, well, I grew up to in Wisconsin until I was like 10 and then moved oh, okay. here to Minnesota, which was just like an hour away. And then uh went to high school here mm-hmm. and I, I a little while after I graduated, moved to Minneapolis, lived in in and around Minneapolis for, you know, the last however many years and just moved back to North Branch this past July. So, okay. Yep. And you said you were in the, a little bit more in the sticks now, eh? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty close to the town here, but it's like, you know, on 25 acres or so, and it's outside of town enough to be like, feel pretty remote yeah you know, and a bunch of wildlife out here and stuff and that's great Good yeah, for you. getting some chickens going and getting so yeah getting your country on yep exactly that's great well sweet man let me uh make sure i'm recording here looks like you are yeah i'm just actually recording the audio on ableton live as well oh, okay. so i needed to fire that up all right sweet well i uh discovered you through sean slade who is a recent guest on my podcast he shared something of yours on his instagram story and i was like this dude seems sweet oh, cool. i was uh intrigued by the uh i forget how you put it on your instagram holistic survival skills maybe yeah holistic survival school school, school. yeah uh-huh. So, uh, but I don't know a whole lot about what you're doing yet, um, which is kind of, yeah. you know, sometimes I look into stuff or prepare more than other times. And uh, this is one of those times where I did not prepare. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate I'm, your honor. I'm basically like a, a, a listener on this one too. So I um, would love to hear about what it is exactly that you're doing with the uh, survival school uh, and how you got into it you know what what was the journey to it sure yeah um yeah holistic survival school well maybe i'll go with the journey first um 
I listened to a few of the other ones and you were like, yeah, just give me the, the origin story. And I was like, yeah, I like that as a starting yeah. point. So, um, yeah, for me, I felt like, um, <clears throat> I grew up kind of like the golden child of what I would call like, you know, our current dominator culture, right. Of like, my parents were like upper middle class. They're both teachers. I had a pretty good life, you know, like I didn't have any problems, did well in school. I played lots of sports, did well in sports. Um, I did everything quote unquote, like as I should, or as I, you know, was told I should do. And I saw, um, I felt pretty miserable and I felt, I saw a lot of people that I, I perceived as not being like happy and felt like a big void, you know, just like, wait a minute, this is it. Like, this is all we're supposed to do. Like <laughs> I've done everything exactly right. And this is the the result. Um, and, but I went through college and did all that same stuff was just like living for other people. And, um, finally at like 25, I was just like, fuck this. I'm living for myself. I'm going to listen to my heart, what I've been denying my whole life. And <clears throat> what that amounted to was quitting being a teacher. Um, cause I was a public school teacher for a short minute and it was just like, this is miserable. You know, like. I loved mentoring. I loved, I was coaching and, and teaching and I loved that. But what I hated was that I had to teach, you know, silly science requirements when these kids that came to me and my students didn't know how to eat properly, didn't know what emotions were, you know, they'd have big traumatic events happen in their life and they'd come to me and be like, whoa, I got my girlfriend pregnant and I'm 14 or, you know, my dad hit me last night and I legally couldn't help them with those issue, issues, but I had to teach them about ribosomes <laughs> and like cell nuclei and all this yeah. stupid shit. And I'm just like, really? And so I quit that. I was like, I got to teach something else. <clears throat> and I happened to stumble upon wilderness therapy, um, which is just a broad generalized, you know, different programs. Um, I moved out West to Utah and found this job at a wilderness therapy company and this one specifically um, worked with at-risk youth, teenagers, 13 to 18, and they used primitive skills or earth-based skills or ancestral skills, however you want to call it, um, like making fire with sticks, for example, um, as a way to teach kids um, and help them through their issues and through their traumas and through their blocks. So um, I did that and I just fell in love with it. I got to mentor people and I got to work through the emotional landscape I got to learn skills and use my hands and use that as like the analogy for teaching and learning. And, um, I just fell in love with it. I just like <laughs> I dedicated my life to that basically. And like for the first six months, I was just like, yep, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. And since then, that was a number of years ago. Now, I guess that started in 2000. Uh, what was that? God, 2012. I started that. So, <clears throat> um, since then, I was just been like trying to figure out how to bring that to everyday life for people, to adults, um, because that program I worked for was very expensive and just for teenagers, mm. and it was, but it was incredibly impactful. And I saw that how well nature and skills healed these people. Um, and so I've just been trying to figure out how to bring this to adults. And I started my school, Holistic Survival School. Um, to help kind of help people, yeah, get in touch with those skills is how I first started, you know, just like, Hey, let's learn these skills and learn how to be human again. These ancient skills that we've, we all have in common, no matter where we're from in this world. Um, and then more recently <clears throat> I've kind of been on this kick of culture, trying to rebuild culture. So, um, 
<laughs> which is a whole nother topic. But basically, like we can look at culture throughout the world and just be like, okay, there are earth-based cultures that are based in, you know, mentoring is a big part of earth-based culture, right? So people older than you mentored, you know, mm-hmm. people younger than them. Uh, elder culture, you know, having elders in your life, that's part of earth-based culture. There's all these like aspects, music, song, dance, ceremony, ritual, rites of passage, um, gratitude. You know, these are all like commonalities through human culture across the world. And so I use skills now to help people give them, to give them like a baseline of like, here are the skills to help you get in the woods and feel comfortable. And hopefully when you get in the woods, you start touching on what it means to be you and what it means to be human. And then that brings about your gifts, right? So you're like, Oh, I've always wanted to weave, or I've always wanted to heal people, or I've always wanted to whatever. And so just inviting that individual to come into a more, like a more, more of themselves. Right. And then eventually if we all do that enough, um, then we kind of start to reconstitute the village, right? We start getting Mm -hmm. this village book. Um, so yeah, so now I have a 10 month immersion program where I work with adults and, um, and yeah, it's, it's one weekend a month per, uh, for 10 months and we learn skills and we connect with each other and we do breath work and we see each other and work through our, our traumas and our blocks. And, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really fucking magical and beautiful. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. Uh, that's that right. That that's, no, sense. that was perfect. I mean, I was I was down to let you go as long as you were there, um, or as long <laughs> as you wanted. You know, that was great. Um, so I want to. I got a few different questions that are popping up in my head here, but I wanted to comment yeah. quickly on the culture building aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, for quite a while, I've been pretty interested in <clears throat> diet in general, and mm. uh, how there's all these different opinions about diets and you know Mm. keto and vegan and carnivore and just all this different stuff and nobody knows what to eat everything's bad one week or good the next or whatever and Mm. you know talking to uh like my brother a lot about this stuff because he's really into diet as well and one of the conclusions i came to was like we don't have any you know cultural history as most you know european americans as far Mm -hmm. as like you know we were disconnected from our cultural heritage as far as Mm -hmm. what we eat and what our diet should be and yeah we could look to you know i'm german and maybe norwegian or whatever i could look back to that and try to reconnect to that but that doesn't feel completely authentic i could try to look at uh you know, indigenous American diets and cause that's kind of mm-hmm. what's around me now as far as, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't feel fully, you know, so it's just like, there's no, and it goes beyond diet obviously, but I really resonate with that feeling of like wanting to rebuild some sense of like mm-hmm. a new culture that has probably various different aspects from indigenous stuff and our own European heritages, but also like, incorporating the novel aspects of what it means to be a human in the United States of America right now, or wherever you happen to be in the world. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, yeah. And thanks for like, when I say culture rebuilding, like, you know, there are some 
there are some intact, somewhat intact earth-based cultures that still exist in the Americas. And I want to like name them, you know, like when I say, well, I'm rebuilding culture. I don't want people to be like, like, you know, they're native people. Like we fucking had this culture (laughs) this whole time. Y'all are fucking it up. You know, so like really like, you know, um, name them and like give love to all the, all the indigenous people of this continent and, you know, of how, how they still hold on to some of that and Mm -hmm. how, um, there's so much grief there, obviously to, to understand that, you know, that genocide that happened, but also like such joy that they, like, there's still some left, you know, so there's still like traditions left, whether it be songs or skills or whatever. Um, yeah. So when I say, yeah, rebuilding, it's like mostly for this, this, me and people who, you know, are probably more like me and you, uh, European ancestry who just kind of feel like orphans. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's one way of describing what I felt like when I was a kid, you know, just like everything is so fleeting and passing. Cool. I got my power Rangers toy. Like, all right, well, how's that fit into the big scheme of things? You know, like I just felt very, it felt very shallow growing up in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I hear you about the diet. It's, it's, it's a great question. And I, I don't have something I'm searching for myself. Um, yeah, I was curious when you said, um, you know, I'm German and Norwegian and you're like, but that doesn't feel authentic to go back mm-hmm. there for your diet. I was curious of what, why that was for you. Well, to be honest, I haven't gotten too deep into, you know, what those exact diets consisted of. I mean, I mean, I have a general idea of some of the things and I'm sure that if I go far enough back, to, you know, really like, uh, self-sufficient, you know, the older German Norwegian type diets. I'm sure it's not that far (laughs) off of what I could be doing just on the land around me here. Um, but I guess what, why I say it doesn't feel right to me necessarily is just like, I don't personally feel a strong connection to like a German or Norwegian heritage. Like if I started to dig into it, maybe it would ignite something Mm -hmm. and maybe there is a benefit to integrating some aspects of that, but it doesn't feel like that's the totality of like, I don't feel like I just, you know, am one step removed from it and I can just go to my German grandmother and get all these recipes and you know what I mean? Like, it's just not like that for me. Um, And a lot of the things that I'm exposed to through people that I'm starting to come in contact with, like Sam Thayer uh, is like more indigenous knowledge about foraging and preparation of certain things like acorns and different things. Mm-hmm. So like I'm getting exposed to that and that's interesting to me and feels like uh, it's resonating. Yeah. But, you know, obviously I have a certain genetic heritage that does go back to certain types of foods, probably like lutefisk and different things along that, and potatoes and everything. So it's like, I guess yeah. I just feel a little bit like, uh, you know, not integrated in terms of like, um, those things. I don't know if that explained it very well, but yeah, no, absolutely. That totally makes sense. Yeah. I'm hearing, yeah. I'm hearing you say it's just like, yeah, there's something there, but you haven't like dug into it and you're not necessarily feeling like a big call to it. Mm-hmm. And I can totally resonate with like, I'm not a big agriculture guy. Like, I don't know what it is in me. I just always have felt more like a hunter gatherer where I'm like, let me roam with the bison and like sure. move every week and like that's been my jam that's cool and so when i hear like oh yeah my ancestors i know i'm irish scottish german and like my ancestors grew potatoes i'm like well fuck that i don't want to grow potatoes you know like i want to go hunt and like that's the part of me that that feels 
um, you know, I feel more that way, but there is now I own 20 acres and I'm like learning mm. permaculture and I'm like, yeah. okay, like, how do I do this? You know? Mm. And I've definitely gone from this, like, you know, my earlier days in these skills, it was like wander here and go hunt here and go do this and sure. go forward. To this. And it was like really sexy and fun. And it was kind of like all these one night stands all over the <laughs> land. You know? And now I'm like, Oh shit, I'm married to this 20 uh, acres. That's cool. And I'm like, the steward of this place and like, how can I grow food here without destroying the forest? And like, it's just like a whole nother world. And I think one important thing to remember is, you know, I was doing a boy's rites of passage not that long ago. And someone was like, well, how long is it going to take us to rebuild all this culture all these for these white people? You know? And I'm like, well, it's like, how long does it take this forest to regrow back to a healthy forest? And yeah. like about, about 400 years, yeah. you know, like it's really that long. And I would, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the same thing with our, with our gut bacteria, mm. you know, like that is a huge part of diet and, and overall health, mental mm. health, physical health and everything. And I wouldn't be, you know, we've just been bombing ourselves gener you know, the last few generations with antibiotics that just completely wiped the slate clean. And so it sucks because it's it's like this super zoomed out vision of culture building, whether it be our, you know, our gut culture or our life culture. And it's like, oh, shit, like I'm never going to get there, yeah. you know, zoom out and look at how indigenous people on this continent lived at a place for 10,000 years and yeah. had stories and songs <laughs> and their gut floor was connected to land and their, you know, their everything was so deeply rooted. That's how long it will take for us to rebuild. And so it's shitty in some way where it's like, fuck, I'll never get there myself. But it's also for me, it's relieving where I'm just like, cool. Like this is way bigger than me. And I don't have to have it figured out before I die, but I can pass something on. Hopefully that is a little bit bigger than me. Dude. You know, it's, it's cool. That That's huge. <clears throat> I mean, that just like, I don't know. I, I was smiling ear to ear there because it's like, that's <laughs> the shit that I've been thinking about lately, like mm -hmm. all the time. And to hear somebody articulate it like that, it's just nice mm -hmm. to feel like, okay, there's other people out there that are really feeling this. Like I'm going mm -hmm. around this land collecting black walnuts for the first time because there's a bunch of black walnut trees here and I'm, mm -hmm. you know, trying to figure out how to process those and everything. And it's like, man, I'm, <clears throat> I turn 36 next week and I'm just, trying to do this for the first time <laughs> and it's yeah. like you know if i plant an apple tree or something it's like i might not be eating the apples till i'm 40 years old like mm -hmm. what happened where did all this time go <laughs> and why am i not you know why did i not learn this as no. a little kid like what am i doing you know and it's like yeah. how am i gonna get to a place where you know not only myself but the people around me like i would i long to be in like a self-sustaining like community where people are right near me not 10 miles away and i have to drive in my car you know where we can all do this together but it just feels like like i'm looking up a giant mountain and i can just take these tiny little steps knowing that like you said i'm probably never really going to get to the the peak of what i can imagine but it's like mm -hmm. all you can do is you know take these little steps i guess mm -hmm. yeah it's like big rock mountain in front of you and like there's nothing growing on the mountain it's like the best i could do is try to climb as high as i can and then die and then become <laughs> compost yeah. and then maybe something will grow out of my body maybe but probably need to stack up some you know compost for a while so. yeah 
I I want to go back to your uh, what you're doing with adults, but I just wanted to say one more thing that I thought of when you were mentioning the permaculture thing. You know, I've been sort of, I'm a mixture of, you know, I love the foraging, you know, like hunter-gatherer vibe and mentality. Like I'm very Mm -hmm. interested in Sam Thayer's work and Daniel Vitalis stuff with Wild Fed and I'm just really into that. But I'm also, I have been intrigued with gardening and growing food. So I've like got these both things going on and uh, now, you know, I'm interested in permaculture and I just went to an sort of a food forest and agro forestry uh, class yesterday actually and um i uh also recently kind of you know over the past few months learned about this idea that they some uh i don't know if it's uh archaeologists or who it is but that they're starting to think that uh the majority of the amazon rainforest is actually like a permaculture food forest basically and so i love what you're saying about you know like it's like it doesn't have to be one or the other because you know Sam Thayer had a brilliant podcast with Daniel Vitalis recently actually where he was talking about how you know hunter gatherers weren't just necessarily wandering around constantly like grabbing what was there they were also cultivating the land in a very you know gentle and sort of sophisticated way totally um, that is a lot more integrated and and high level really than like plow a field and plant a bunch of corn you know it's like let's take what's already there and maximize it and you know yeah i mean they're the mass they you know indigenous people on this continent in south america were masters of reading the dao you know like they, they could read the dao and be like oh wait this oak tree i could cut it down and try to plant something there or i could just cut down the trees around it and then get all my grain for the year in like one go, you know, like mm-hmm. I remember I did that last year where I just stumbled upon, there was a subdivision development <clears throat> and I was walking past this Oak tree that got full sun out of, you know, it was at the right time. It was, you know, it was, wasn't too old of a tree. It wasn't too young of a tree. It was just right. The other trees got cut down and it was a mass year. I've never seen so many acorns in my life. Like I gathered like, probably like 20 gallons of acorns in like maybe 15 minutes. I mean, it was insane. And it was like all the flour I could use for the whole year, healthier flour. And it literally took me 15 minutes of work, you know, granted I didn't chop down the trees around it, the other trees, you know, to give it more light, but it really is just like, yeah, they're, they're, they were just masters of, of food forests and permaculture and feeding themselves without having to work too hard and without destroying the landscape completely, mm-hmm. you know, living in more of a harmony than, you know, European agriculture and Europeans came over and were just totally ignorant to that fact and couldn't comprehend this other style of agriculture. And, um, so they fucking destroyed it and you know, yeah. murdered everything. So it's really the garden of Eden is really what it is. And so, um, I'm, that's definitely more my speed, like I was saying before, of like, how can I, yeah, how can I read the Tao of my own land and get food out of that um, without having to work my ass off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so about your class, I, um, I'm interested in, I mean, definitely what you're doing with adults, but also, I mean, 
just in general, because you know, I know you did stuff with um, younger people as well. Like, what is it about these skills that can help people heal? You know, um, yeah. What do you? What have you found in your own experience and in the experience of the people that you've taught? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of layers there. Um, one simple layer I would say is is confidence. You know, that's kind of like one of my goals is at the start is we just have, many of us have not been raised in the woods and raised with these, you know, tangible skills to help us feel comfortable to take care of ourselves um, in the forest. And so it's hard to be nature connected if you don't feel safe in nature. So that's like step one is Mm. like, what's going to kill you? What's going to hurt you? How do you take care of yourself? What are the most important things as far as survival goes in this evolutionary lens? So I'm a, that's what I studied when I was a, a biology teacher was I did a lot of evolution stuff. So I really like looking through that lens at the humans. It was just like, if I was teaching a survival class for squirrels, mm-hmm. most of that class would be on avoiding hawks, right? And like our predator, but what does the survival class look like for humans? Well, it's mostly about body temperature. You know, that's, that's our big, that's our greatest strength and our greatest weakness, you know? So that's, basically if you can keep yourself warm but not too warm you're going to be okay so that's like okay we got that that's kind of number one like are you competent and you know how to make things you know how to make tools and gadgets to help keep you warm like fire and shelter um after that there's this there's this layer of doing these skills in a group right like there's this um witnessing each other, seeing each other and being seen. So like if I just hang out by myself on a couch all day, I kind of forget who I am because I'm not having any contrast to who I'm not. Mm. (laughs) So when I hang out in a group, I'm like, Oh wow, that person's like super cheerful and like does this kind of thing. You know, it's like, Oh, that's kind of like me, but I'm kind of different. So we have all this like all the surface area for us to kind of compare ourselves and like, Oh, where, where do I fit in this village? And who am I? And people are like, Hey Luke, you're really kind. And you are really good at doing this, you know, and you start hopefully hearing these reflections about, Oh, what my gifts are and how, how that works and how other people perceive me. Um, so there's, there's that layer of like doing things in a group is like really, really important and what we're meant to do as a species. Um, so all this ties into survival as you, as you can kind of see, like that yeah. is human survival is working together in groups. But then there's also this layer of like ancestral knowing, I guess you could say, like this shit is just in our bones, mm. you know, like you break rocks for the first time and almost everyone is just like, Whoa, that feels really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm supposed to do that. And it's just like, you know, a monkey that forgot how to climb a tree or a dog that forgot how to chase, you know, a squirrel. Like we're just meant to do that. And when we do it for the first time, something just clicks and it's just like, Oh my God. You know, like I'm about to teach, uh, you know, we have a willow basket class and we just sit by the river and we just like weave these beautiful baskets all day. And almost everyone is just like, I've been here before. Like, I remember doing this, you know, like singing songs while making baskets by the river just feels right. It feels good in my bones. So that's, you know, that's really potent. Um, And then maybe one more would be, you know, using the skills themselves as kind of this reflection of our own patterns. Mm. Um, 
So I have a, a saying, you know, how you do one thing is how you do all things. And so, yeah, when you make a basket and you hit a hard part and you get frustrated, how do you handle that? You know, like that is real time practice for you to regulate your nervous system, to notice how you want to handle it. Just like gut reaction. Oh, I just want to whatever, smash it or say, fuck it and leave, you know, or whatever your reaction is. And it's like, okay, notice what's going on. Take a breath, take a moment. What do you want to do? You know, so that's like real time practice to, to change our patterns from our survival patterns that we learned as kids to get love and acceptance into more conscious choice-based patterns. Yeah, that all makes sense. I'm curious about the group aspect, um, you know, and maybe it's kind of self-explanatory with some of the other layers you mentioned, but I'm just curious if you have any extra insight on, you know, why is doing something like starting a fire, like a friction fire, why is that different for a group to do that? How does that affect a group differently than say, you know, playing a game of basketball or, you know, any other, you know, more random or modern group activity? Uh-huh. Yeah. How does doing primitive skills differ? Yeah, like why does it bring out different things? You know, what is it about people connecting on this more like primal or ancestral type of level, you know? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's a good question. And sometimes sometimes I'm like, I don't know if it really does matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes I do really do think that where I've seen some really good teachers who are just like, Hey, okay, we're all gonna, um, you know, make gibberish. Like we will do gibberish. We're just going to say gibberish words for the next 30 minutes and (laughs) see what happens. Yeah. You know, just like notice the patterns, notice what's arising in you. Uh And it's like, can be some of the deepest shit ever if you're paying attention. Right. And so sometimes I'm like, I don't think it really matters. Like I think we gather, be in the woods, you know, be away from our phones, be away from our normal patterns and just be, and I could come with a different curriculum and just be like, sure. Oh, uh, we're going to fucking do this today. <laughs> so I do some, most of the work I'll say, but, uh, and sometimes I say to my students too, of like, listen, the skills just get you here. You know, like people sign up for the skills. They're like, Oh, I want to do skills and I want to learn this and I want to be competent mm. and I want to, you know, like tan my own hide and I want to do this. And like kind of this like rigid, like, well, if I just do, this is the ego trick, right? This is like, I, so I do a lot of survival patterns or, you know, these, these psychological patterns and how we, you know, get stuck in them. And one of the ego's classic patterns is if I do X, Y, and Z, then I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. If I get organized, then I'll be okay. If I get enough money, then I'll be okay. If I, for my partner loves me, then I'll be okay. And so all these lies. And so a lot of times, not always, but a lot of students, and this is myself too. I'm still so guilty of this of like, Oh, if I just learned how to do this skill a little bit better, then I'll be okay. Uh, And so people sign up for those skills saying, well, if I just learn these skills, then I'll be okay. Right. And that's great. I, I, there's nothing wrong with wanting to learn ancestral skills, but if you're doing it to make yourself okay and to feel good and to feel happy, like that's, that's not going to work either because it's an external thing. So, um, but obviously when we're, if, if I have my eyes on this prize of me being a, a, um, the compost (laughs) for this cultural rebuilding, then I don't want to do 
whatever stupid little thing <laughs> like basketball. Maybe basketball's not even going to be around in a hundred years, or maybe you know, Monopoly or whatever the fuck. You know, it's like these these small things. But I what will I know will be, or what I, what I hope will be here, you know, in a hundred years is a basswood tree that is still going to have the same characteristics of being really good to make fire with sticks and people will still have that process you know while these other cultural things are just like dust in the wind i'm like i don't know if those are going to be here so so if i had to pick something to help rebuild culture it's going to be these skills because i know i pray that they're going to be around um for for a long time and it's what we were built to do. You know, we just have millions of years of evolution, like literally millions, like humans have been breaking rocks for 2.3 million years and tending fire, harnessing wildfire for it for about that same time, like Mm -hmm. over 2 million years. So um, it's just what we're supposed to do. And I don't think my body was meant to play basketball. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, my ankle that way after years of playing basketball it feels a little messed up now so yeah i love what you're saying there i love the um the sort of ego trick thing i feel like i've come to um come to realize that there's like a genius in that um Mm. it's like the things that you're attracted to are like exactly where you need to be to grow yeah you know it's like you get attracted to thinking like oh if i you know, get this girl, like, if if I get this, you know, this partner to validate me, like, then I'll be uh-huh. okay. And it's like, on one hand, it doesn't work because you're never going to get that, okay, I'm okay now feeling um, <laughs> from one of those pursuits. But it does seem like it's some sort of deeply intelligent part of you guiding you towards something that's in the shadows maybe for you that needs to be uncovered and and you know needs to grow so yeah it's like we we oftentimes rag on the the ego and all this stuff but it's like yeah there's just an intelligent process that seems to be going on it's not always pleasant but uh it seems to be in our best interest usually even if we're following a thing that seems to be (laughs) short-sighted or something like there is some reason for it you know some sort of growth opportunity yeah Another another one of quotes I use them with my students a lot is all paths lead to God. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're paying attention and pursuing, no matter what you do, it's eventually, you know, you could go on a fucking heroin binge and all that <laughs> shit. Eventually you're going to hit rock bottom and then that's going to point you to, oh, this other path, right? Yeah. And all of those steps in between, those were God too. Like that's fucking important too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so, yeah, the ego is this like really you know funny thing and it's really mm-hmm. fucking useful like mm-hmm. I, I i too am like oh we rag on the ego too much <laughs> yeah. Like, it, is, yeah. it is it is really important we can't be open and all nothing but love and light and god all the time we'd get fucking destroyed in this world so <laughs> yeah. um so it's really important and yeah well, that's been a big lesson i've been feeling in my life lately is just like the obstacles are the work you know, like, I'm like, oh, th- if this thing was out of the way, then I could, I could really do the work. I could really feel God or I could really do X, Y, or Z once again, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit, that is the work right there. This resistance I'm mm-hmm. feeling or this thing that I think is the obstacle is the actual thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, one, another <clears throat> thing it brought up for me was you ever watch, do you watch Westworld to see that show? No, I've never seen it. Oh shit, man. You should watch it. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> if you're into this sort of consciousness like oh, yeah. pattern kind of thing oh my god man it like blew my mind and one of the quotes from it is like the first stage of all like evolution or consciousness shifting is suffering hmm. that is the that is the impetus for all things to change mm-hmm. is, is suffering and so without that it's not going to happen so that really always sticks with me and yeah. had some robots in there and then you know future <laughs> shit and it, whew, it gets it gets real good real fast nice yeah. yeah there was another thing you were talking about that kind of brought some things to mind for me and it was um you know kind of going towards like if you if you're looking at it from the perspective of being the compost for the for the cultural rebuilding it's like why not you know you're kind of faced with this well it only makes sense to teach things that are so foundational to humanity that we've lost touch with so much that like that just makes more sense than anything else um because you know it stands the test of time really Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if you're familiar with the concept of uh spiral dynamics at all the research of this guy claire w graves it's really interesting stuff and i've brought it up on the podcast a million times so but uh if many times (laughs) yeah pretty much every episode but i just love it and i really think people you know anybody who finds it it all intriguing should check it out and learn about it but it's basically a theory of um of uh developmental psychology and it kind of goes through uh these stages of growth that humans go through both individually and collectively and it's Mm. less of a theory and more of just like a research model this dude did all Mm. this research on on uh these stages of development that people go through and what their value systems are basically and how their value systems relate to their complexity of their life situations and so it's like when your value system is in line with the complexity of your life situation, mm-hmm. you're generally at ease or, you know, satisfied. But uh-huh. once your complexity starts to, you know, kind of over, you know, get more than your coping capacity or your value system, there starts right. to be a lot of dissonance. And like you said, it starts with that suffering piece of you wake up one day and you're like, man, things just aren't really working. And so um, that sort of as it gets further, things get more and more complex, like maybe say you went from a nine to five to being self-employed. And so there's like all these new complexities and, you know, your values and your coping uh, strategies don't function the same. And so it sort of like pulls you up to this different level. You have to learn all these new skills and mm-hmm. and uh, it's a long winded thing here, but basically um you know, we go through these shifts as a culture as well. The last one we went through was uh, from sort of like a agricultural society to a modern industrial scientific society. And right now we're kind of going through a shift from modern scientific industrial to postmodern relativistic. And so you can see that in the social things that are going on postmodernism and relativism and all of this and obviously you can see all sorts of chaos in the social structures and political structures and all of this and so the idea is that we're shifting to this new layer of 
I guess you could call it consciousness or value system. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a layer beyond this one that's actually coming up pretty quick. That's a whole like quantum leap in human development, basically. Mm-hmm. And all of this is to say that I have this in- sense intuitively beyond um, this model, which I think you might relate with is like, we're kind of, our culture or our society is sort of like a sandcastle almost, or it's built, uh, we or it's built on some stilts or something. Like we're we're advancing so far technologically, um, mm-hmm. but we have no real foundation. You know, like we can kids can mm-hmm. get on their phone and they can look at TikTok and see people all over the world and do all these fancy technological things but they can't start a fire or know how to stay warm at night. You know, we don't so know where our water comes from. We don't know where our shit goes. You <laughs> exactly. Know, like, so it's like, we're amazing. so, we're so fragile. And so I feel like I have this sense of sort of, uh, anxiety, I guess you could call it, or foresight in terms of like, Mm. Right now, a lot of our systems, I think, are starting to collapse and are are going to continue to collapse as we have to change them. They're just not working anymore. And so I feel like something that you're doing uh, and I also feel called to do, which is like get back to the basic basics Mm -hmm. because we now more than ever, we need people who understand how to just survive and you know, potentially even thrive if we get communities of people who know how to grow food and forage and hunt and, you know, self-sustain basically. So that was a very long-winded thing there, but um, maybe you could just, if you relate to that at all. Hello, listeners of Awake, Aware, Alive. This is Jacob Gossel here, and I just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Awake, Aware, Alive. Uh, If you want to help the show out, One of the easiest ways you can do that is to leave this podcast a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you use that allows rating and reviews. Uh, Another way you can help out the show is visit us at patreon.com slash Jacob Gossel and become a patron for as little as one buck a month to get some exclusive content. Uh, Another easy way to support the show is head to jacobgossel.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and leave a one-time donation. You can do this through paypal venmo or there's uh, some crypto keys at the bottom if you're into that sort of thing uh last but not least just share the podcast with a friend text it to a family member a co-worker just help spread the word if you find this interesting and valuable in any way follow the show on instagram at jacob gossel and thanks so much for listening to awake aware alive, alive. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, I, I, I think you, you nailed it and yeah, we're, we're making these huge leaps and we still have these earth-based bodies, you know, that are, that are tempered and seasoned in millions of years of our ancestry, whether that be, you know, like your German ancestry, not that long ago yeah. or our, you know, ape ancestor you know three three million years ago in the savannah of africa um and yeah it's that's one of my another one of my goals in in creating holistic survival school is creating a place that says like like 
well, what if we went back actually, or what if we actually just stopped moving forward, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, because everything in culture says go forward, you know, everything. And there's actually this cool psychological study of like, basically human minds are meant to add things. Like there was a solution presented or a problem presented to some participants in the study. And there is an equal solution. Like you could take away one block or you could add one block and that would create balance right on the mm -hmm. scale. And almost everyone wants to add one block. Okay. And we, no one wanted to remove a block. And there's something there in our, in our mind that we always want to add and we always want to go forward and we always want to innovate. And that's what got us, you know, that's what made us fucking badass hunters, you know, like that's what made our European ancestors kill woolly mammoths using sticks and stones, you know, like yeah. that's badass shit. And I want to honor that, you know, but if it goes untempered without this conscious, you know, choice in it and it's just gut reaction, let's keep innovating and invent a new thing. Then yeah, we're, we're going to be in trouble here. So, um, so it's just like this, everything in life is this double-edged sword, you know, just like, wow, that was really cool. We invented <laughs> atlatls and, you know, like yeah. baskets and wow, we've done such amazing things. And now that same thing is inventing iPhones and I don't know, Kim Kardashian's <laughs> butt, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, whoa, 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 maybe we don't need to keep going. So yeah. I hope that all six rascal is just one small voice, you know, like, and you know, I know I'm, there's, there's people like you and like, there is a rising conscious around this of like, well, we have to be really careful about what we're doing next. And um, yeah, but it's, it's very against our nature to go back or to slow down or to remove things. You know, it's, 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 it's hard. Yep. It's hard to do that. Yeah, I totally resonate with what you're saying. I feel like, you know, I know, maybe I shouldn't say I know, I I believe there are various different, I mean, political motivations and potentially mm -hmm. sinister motivations to various things that have gone on with the, the COVID pandemic. Um, I, We don't need to get into all that stuff right now. <laughs> If you don't want to, but all I'm going to say is, uh, well, at least for now is that, um, you know, I think there, my gut tells me there's going to be more things along the lines of a COVID-19, regardless of any party's influence over whether these things are completely natural and coincidental or whether they're partially engineered, whatever the case may be, what I'm trying to say is like, I think that life will continue to present us with uh, opportunities or force us maybe rather uh, into situations where we need to pause, you know, and uh, because exactly, I agree exactly with what you're saying. Like I've, uh, I used to work in the field of, um, of, uh, you know, group homes and working with developmentally disabled adults and, uh, mm -hmm. mentally ill adults. And there was many crisis situations. And one thing I learned is that sometimes the best thing to do is to do nothing. Um, mm -hmm. because if you think you just need to say something, to try to resolve a conflict, but you're activated and you're not mm -hmm. still and you're not aware, you can just so easily inflame the situation further and push things over the edge. So sometimes exactly yeah. what you need to do 
is do yeah. nothing. Just pause, observe, yeah. you know, breathe. Yeah. And so, See, I, yeah. Go ahead. No, yeah, I, yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, foregoing any of the other tributaries of the whole COVID-19 thing, these types of situations, I think, as we transition through these chaotic times of uh, the the destruction of our sort of homeostasis and the emergence of a new homeostasis as like a human civilization, we're going to be encountered with these various times where what we need to do is pause and observe and try to gain wisdom. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to push to make a decision, rush ahead, try a thing, like block out the sun with dust, uh, take a <laughs> mRNA vaccine that you have no idea what it's going to do. You know, all just any rash decision to try to quote unquote fix something mm. versus like trying to take a pause and breathe and say like, why is this happening? What are the mm -hmm. deeper reasons? What could we do mm -hmm. to really like holistically approach this situation? Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I was just laughing at the fractal nature of, of it all. <laughs> like the individual, that individual desire to want to react and not breathe. Right. And mm -hmm. just, take, just learning to take that moment to pause. And then how we do that as a whole world, you know, especially with our fast moving technology, you know, just everyone's like, okay, next, 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 next. You know, I just, yeah how fat i just can't fathom how fast we're moving compared to a few generations ago like i read you know like i don't know thoreau or someone <laughs> in like you know, hundreds or early 1900s and he's like oh you know like shit is so fast these days you know like everyone's moving so quickly and you're like really like you were saying that back then like uh, so yeah it's 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 a and that's why even more reason for to get people out in the woods and to notice their patterns and to notice their impulses and to notice their fears and um, to get back to the basics of it, you know, and just, yeah, to remember that everything comes from the earth and no matter what, you know, uh, every senator signs for a bill or whatever, like it's all going back, it's all coming from the earth in one way or another. And mm -hmm. so just remembering that connection, um, it's not bad. It's not bad to, you know, whatever cast these spells and have food summoned to you, you know, like you, can, you know, order, use your credit card and food gets delivered to your house. It's not bad inherently, but if we don't remember that it comes from the earth and that I'm casting a spell, you know, like it can get out of control. And yeah. Get out of hand, so. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like you are somebody who, you know, because I think there's probably mm -hmm. another trap to think like, oh, all we need to do is go back to our ancestral mm -hmm. times and we just yeah. need to make friction fires <laughs> and hunt with, you know, yeah. <laughs> bows and then then everything's going to be okay. But, yeah. you know, I could see that as a criticism, but, um, you know, because maybe some people think like, no, we don't need to learn how to do that. What we need to do is, you know... Uh, integrate electric cars into society and do this right. or come up with this new technology that's going to do this like what right. I guess I don't know what the specific question is here but I just I have this sense of like you know I find myself wanting to return to nature just instinctually and learn how to cultivate food and forage and hunt and learn these skills but there's these little times where I sort of check in with myself and question like, you know, 
am I trying to resist the forward mm. motion, not of society and technology, but just of life itself? <laughs> like life is obviously moving in these directions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think what I come to is like, I'm not opposed to technologies. Like here I am, you know, talking mm -hmm. to you over the internet on a computer. Like yeah. I yeah. make music on the computer. I love some of these technologies but it feels so out of balance like um we're so out of balance towards the technological realm and our connection to the planet we live on and our the ways that we sustain ourselves through eating and sleeping and all these things are so disconnected so i don't know what the question is but maybe just riffing on the uh you know have you gone through any similar types of feelings of like do you ever feel like you're romanticizing the past or natural connection or any of these things? Yeah. Fucking great question. I mean, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like went through my like more like rigid anarchist, like idealist stage, you know, where I was like, how can I destroy as many Walmart trucks as like possible? Ted Kaczynski <laughs> out in the shack. Yeah. <laughs> well, I never got there. Like, you know, I was really like closer on that spectrum, we'll say. Um, yeah, and I saw that. And another another saying that I hold close is like that which you resist persists. Mm. You know that which you fight against, whether we're fighting against bacteria with antibacterial hand soap or whatever, like it tends to make it stronger. And so I've always been really into Jesus and Buddha and their ways of doing things and just like kind of creating this third way, you know, like mm. not this, not that, but something in between. Mm. And in that way, it loses all of its force. You know, like I think our, you know, our current American, American political system is designed to create this versus that, right? Yeah, Which yeah. divides us. And so when we create this third way, it's like so different and weird that like you can't fight against it. There's like no grip to like push against the thing. Um, and so that's, that's what I try to strive for, I guess I would say in this like new world. Cause you're right. Cause it's like, it's, this is, this is, maybe this is the suffering we we're talking about that we need to grow, you know, like maybe this world needs to suffer before we I will ever learn. Maybe that's part of the path. And I, I that's, that's part, that's God too, you know, like that's, mm. that's, that's holy and sacred too. Um, but I definitely try to catch myself in this romanticizing the past, like, Oh, like, Oh, in the past, they didn't deal with this. And it's like, no, like there's, there was shit in the past, you know, like on yeah. this continent and my ancestors, like, you know, you fucking got stomped by a woolly rhinoceros or whatever, got abducted and murdered by a village, you know, a tribe next door, you know, like there was, there was shit back then. So I don't want to play onto that, you know, that noble savage, you know, belief um, or story of, of the people of this continent or of my ancestry either. Um, and the more I finally, I think I'm starting to get to this place as a naturalist of when I read old, old stuff from old naturalists and look at my forest now, like it's very different, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it, I go to the woods now and it's like, Oh, this is what it was like in the old times. And it's like, no, no, it wasn't, you know, like things have shifted so drastically in the last 10,000 years in the last 100 years, you know, that it just doesn't exist. The past doesn't exist in that way. It's like always something new. And that's like beautiful 
in a way of like, wow, this is a new forest. Like, what does this look like when it has these native species mixed with these invasive ones? And hmm. there's like interest in that. And there's also a lot of grief in that too, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's like rebuilding this culture or maybe even re, you know, like reconstituting it, I think is the thing. Cause I, I don't want to make it seem like we're just starting from scratch, you know, like there is a culture that I adopted mm-hmm. that there's some, some sort of root to it that I'm trying to find and maybe grow that root too, of like hanging out with, you know, my older family members and hearing stories and like going, I want to go to Europe and like visit my ancestry, like my places yeah. and like try to rebuild that. Um, so there is like never like a starting anew. We're always rebuilding from the, you know, what we were given and then trying to create, you know, from that. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great point that you make to say like, yeah, let's be careful not to romanticize this because we have 8 billion people on this world. And if we all just started being hunter gatherers, there's going to be great suffering. <laughs> um, we just can't, we just can't do it. Um, so I, yeah, I, it's one of those, what I call a sacred question. Like I, I will never know the answer to find, you know, to that question of like finding the balance between giving in to the momentum of what culture is and like going with the flow and not fighting it so much and also fighting it because fuck that shit you know (laughs) (laughs) and also like this is not the way i want my children to live you know in these ways x y and z 100 Um, but it's kind of like this blob where it's like you know there's just like this cultural blob and momentum and this blob is slowly moving towards whatever advancement technology and me as an individual, like I can just like, I'm this little tiny dot coming out of the blob and I can resist and pull, try to pull that blob in the opposite direction. But it's like, if it's just me, you know, I'm only going to pull that much, but you know, it's a tiny, tiny amount. But if we all start kind of, you know, moving that way a bit, then there's some momentum to it. So, yeah. so when I get overwhelmed and I get like dark and sad and depressed about the current state of the world, I just, it really helps me to zoom out and, remember that I can just do tiny, tiny things with my one simple, silly life. And we've done a lot of lives that have put us where we are now. And I can't save the damn world, but I'm going to do my damnedest to like do what I can do and bring about my gifts and bring about my medicine and live my life in the best way I can that, you know, the next generation, it's hopefully a little bit better. Well, what I've been sensing from like, doing things like this, you know, finding people and talking to people through the podcast or even, you know, like the class I just went to about food forests, mm-hmm. connecting with people there, my my own friends around me. It's like the chaos of the world um, and the disconnection from nature, I think is, you know, sometimes it feels like it's less of a a choice. You know, I think about these things, but ultimately I'm inspired to or compelled to move towards certain things. And I don't have as much of a say in it as maybe sometimes I think that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've been noticing is that, you know, like you're saying, you're this little tiny individual coming out off a blob. And I think we've all sort of felt like that. Um, and there's been little individuals coming off of that blob for quite some time. But as the rubber mm-hmm. starts to hit the road, so to speak, more and more and this breakdown sort of continues. It feels like 
that blob is still going full force but there's like a separate blob that's you know breaking off it almost feels like there's a break off society starting to happen where like i've noticed you know and i hate to again split it into a binary but in some ways it does feel like there's somewhat of a binary where i'm sensing two sort of different uh motivations for people either continue on with the you know sort of church of progress mentality and just like we need more technological innovation we need like more uh sense of control and uh you know, connection purely through technology and tracking of every single thing that everybody does. And like just the more intensified version of what we already have continuing, like, or people who are kind of like starting to have this sense of like, no, I want to be more connected. I want to be more self sustaining. I want to decentralize. I want to reform mm-hmm. communities. You know, like it does feel like there's almost these sort of two poles that people are either getting pulled towards one or the other and there there's this break off happening from the <laughs> funny that we're continuing to call it the blob but you know <laughs> like this this secondary blob that's starting to kind of like break off in a different direction do you sense that happening in your you know in your spheres yeah yeah i i i do i do um you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to live in a place that is pretty rich in that secondary blob <laughs> breakout yeah. group. You know, yeah. there's definitely a subculture, you know, in, in Asheville, the general Asheville region, I'll say, um, that is very much about this. And I feel very connected to lots of humans out here who I don't feel alone to. And I, I often forget how, how lucky I am. You know, my brother just came and visited with his family down from Michigan and he's doing his beautiful stuff up in Michigan. And, um, he comes down to my community and is just like, Holy shit. Like you have so much community of so many people here who are on the same page with you, you know? And, and that's very true. Like, so yeah, I, I do, I do feel that. Um, there's all the pros and cons that coming come with like living in Asheville and there's like, you know, some gentrification and, you know, sometimes the, too, too much of the sky clan, I would say, uh, in the Asheville community. What's sky sometimes. clan? <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, lingo that we have that I use in Asheville. I don't know if Asheville uses it, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, um, like if, you know, you're either earth clan, which is like a little more grounded and like practical uh. and like, maybe a little more cynical, you know, sure. that kind of comes with territory. And then there's sky clan, which is like head in the clouds, nothing but dreams, very idealist, very, you know, like it's beautiful, you know, like that's needed too. But like Elon Musk is going to take us to Mars and save the world or. <laughs> yeah. But like earth-based culture. So it's like, let's do ceremony. Let's oh, only okay. Ceremony. Gotcha. Let's only sing songs and like, you gotcha. know, so there's like, realms of hippie and then a little more practical like hey let's learn how to do some stuff and actually like yeah okay and there's beauty in both like i i I need more sky clan in my life like i'm like mr like oh cynical the world's going to shit and i'm depressed and you know like yeah makes rocks you know (laughs) i'm like oh i should sit in ceremony and like pray and sing and laugh and do more of those things more often so um, but anyway, that's just like a whole Asheville thing. But yes, uh, to answer your question, there's, I think there is a, a big community that, that is forming in little pockets around the country and, and around the world. When I've traveled, 
I've just happened to stumble upon people probably because I used to have dreads. So that was easier to spot me, but, um, and they would just like, you know, in South Africa, they'd be like, Hey man, we gotta, you know, grow our own food and we got to get land back and we got to do this and that. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, that's <laughs> great. Like we're totally on the same page with you. And yeah. so I saw that around the world, you know, um, or at least I guess I said, I'll, I'll say it, I saw it in Africa and seen it in Europe. And, um, it was funny. One of the stories I wanted to tell earlier was about this progress thing. And I remember when I went down to Colombia um, and I did some survival stuff down in the jungle down there. And mm. when we got out of the filming, I, uh, I was in this little tiny village in like right on the Orinoco river and like really way in the jungle. And these people had these, like the villagers had like little tiny huts and they had like tin roofs, you know, and they were like, but they had mangoes in their garden and they had bananas and they were iguanas everywhere. And they were raising a few goats and chickens and they just like kind of had everything they needed and they would nap, you know, <laughs> they'd have this the time. And I'm like, and they would like meet me and they'd be like, Oh, I want to like, you know, get a motorcycle and I want to get a bigger house. And I want to, you know, like this American dream, you mm -hmm. know, bullshit that they've, you know, been fed. And I remember I was trying to explain to them like how many people in America want the life they have, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, don't go for it. Like everyone in America wants your life. Like they want to grow food. They want to eat their own food. They want to like take naps. They want to raise kids. They want to be in this little connected town where everyone knows everyone. Like you're living the dream that we want, you know, but they didn't get that. And I remember later being like, oh, that was kind of fucked up of me actually that like try to tell them they shouldn't pursue their goals and their dreams. You know, it's like that suffering is needed. They need to go to the top of that pyramid of culture 100%. and be like, Oh yeah, I got to the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty lonely and shitty up here. This isn't the right way. Go yep. back. Everyone go back. Yep. Um, so that's kind of this funny thing with progress that we often can't notice what we had until it's, until it's gone. So, yeah, what you said really like brought me back to the spiral dynamics concept and it's pretty much exactly what you're describing there. It's like you start mm -hmm. to, you know, when you start to understand this concept, it's it doesn't make sense to try to convince somebody to be somewhere that they're not. If they're at a place where they're growing out of a subsistence living culture and they want to yeah. experience the modern industrial way of being, um, it does no good to try to talk them out of it and convince them that they should stay where they're at or vice versa. It, it's like, you know you can't convince people to change. They change mm -hmm. when the situation is ripe for them to change. Like it does no good to argue with somebody on the other side of your political opinions and try to get them to, you know, right. see your side of it. It's like, and when you start to realize that you start to realize like you've got to meet people where they're at, you know, and really just like, connect with people where they are and form more importantly than anything, some sense of trust and mutual understanding. And then change just seems to happen naturally. Once you can connect with somebody on the level of like, Hey, I see you. I might not agree with everything you believe or think, or we might have completely different values, but we're both humans and we're both on a journey. And if we can find some place of seeing each other then it opens up a world of possibilities for like mutual growth and understanding, you know? Totally. Yeah. We've gotten back to the Tao, right? Just like <laughs> reading the Tao and 
not trying to force, you know, when the Dow's going this way, you don't try to push against it. You okay, you move with it. You're like, oh, okay. That's something I'm always trying to check with my students of just like where they're at. And I'm like, you know, and if I try to push them and get them in a cert, put them in a box, you know, for where they're not at, it's just it's just a pain in the ass and it feels horrible. But I just kind of wait and watch and observe. And then when they're in that right spot and I'm like, oh, they're ready now, you know, <laughs> just barely got to poke them. And then, you know, like, oh, there it goes. That was easy, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's that's I, I like this spiral dynamics. I'm going to have to. Uh, yeah, to you, you got to check it out. I'll send you some stuff, some links. And yeah. I've had a couple different episodes with this Steve McDonald, the guy out in Australia, who's sort of like one of the you know, main proponents trying to kind of like bring this stuff because it was, the research was done in the 60s, but the guy died, I think it was the 60s, but the guy died before he published his research. So it kind of never really got uh, into mainstream consciousness. And you're only really attracted to it once you hit a certain like level of, you know, like a certain value system. Once you can kind of see, uh, you know, it makes more sense once you get into it, but, but before you can sense that other people are actually living from completely different value systems, then the model doesn't really make a lot of sense or interest you very much. But once you can kind of sense like, oh, a Trump supporter or a, you know, a Antifa person or a this or a that, it's like all these different people. It's not just that they are the same as you, but they disagree. It's like they're literally living from a completely different set of values, uh-huh. life experiences, complexity uh-huh. of circumstances. So, you know, they're essentially living in a different world or a different reality um, in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, then the internet creates more, it insulates that reality even more. And exactly. More. Exactly. <laughs> and so you kind of get, to the certain point where you start to sense into that more and see that and you can kind of start to sense like where people are functioning from like Mm -hmm. what their value system is and what's driving their behavior and that can help you to like work with people and understand them better but um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's good stuff but i wanted to get back to um your wilderness school and like what is more specifically what are you doing on your uh is what would you call it are they retreats that you're doing like is it multi-day things that you're doing with your yeah so it's like an extended weekend so it's four days four days at a time so people come out camp set up their tent you know and that first day we'll we'll have our opening circle and kind of like okay here we are here's here's what we're doing for the weekend Mm -hmm. um and then really it just kind of becomes a village, you know, is like the, one of the more beautiful parts of this program is we have a certain skill that we're playing with, you know? So like last month we, we t- eat every person, every individual tan their own deer hide, you know, came mm. went home with some beautiful, soft, supple suede, you know, leather. And, um, but yeah, but within that, there's kind of like a free form, like, you know, it's just like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like my, my general, as a teacher, my general rule is just like, what will help this person come alive? You know, sometimes it is doing skills and sometimes it is taking a nap, <laughs> you know, like sometimes people just need to come and like, it's so funny. People come from society and they're like, Hey, I'm here. I'm ready to do some skills. And the first day they're just like, I'm exhausted. I need to take a nap. And like, they're like, usually like 
not nap people. You know, they're like, I'm not a nap person, I'm not sleepy, but I need to sleep. And I've been tracking this the last couple of years, and it's like, oh, your nervous system is shot. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. They come to the woods, and then they're hanging out with people that they trust, they built relationship with, that we've worked through issues with. You know, we have structure. So everyone knows like where we're at with everyone. It's not so anxiety, you know, invoking. It's like, oh, I'm with my people in the woods. Cool. And then they're like, oh, and then all of a sudden, like the last month has caught up to them, you know, in one day. Yeah. And so the first day, a lot of people are just like, I need to just like chill and do nothing. And I'm like, great. Like that's part of the resistance, you know, yeah, like that yeah. is, that is important too, is, is to rest. And you, I, once again, I, as a teacher, could fight against the Tao and be like, no, pay attention. I need to, you know, you need to catch up and learn this. It's like, why would I do that? Why would I fight against that? Rest, go sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then beyond that, you know, so in the mornings we do our meditation and different, different breath work, you know, we do different kinds of breathing techniques. We do bioenergetics, which is like kind of like Kundalini yoga, kind of finding armoring in our bodies and holding certain postures to to undo some of that armoring um undoing some of our trauma that's stored in our bodies um we'll do skills we cook food on the fire we tell stories around the fire at night people bring you know instruments or their own personal life stories and share around the fire at night we play games we laugh we you know whatever play cry. <laughs> oh yeah oh shit we cry a lot yeah there's that's a lot of crying in there a lot of opening up and, um, you know, just allowing ourselves to be witnessed and, you know, just like, okay, everyone, like I have a feeling I need to let this out and no one needs to fix me or here I go, you know, and just let it out. And it's, um, it's really fucking brilliant, you know, and I would like to take my ego would like to take credit for, for it all. <laughs> but it's really just following the Tao and following our ancestry and, you know, and, um, letting people do what we've been doing for, for millions of years. So, so it sounds like, you know, that's maybe where the holistic aspect comes from in the in the name is sort of like, to me, it sounds like more than just, um, hey, come out and I'll teach you how to make a fire. You know, it's more of a of a comprehensive, like you say, like you say in the name, holistic, like it's about, you know emotions and the way we show up in the world and blockages and energetics Mm and you know uh, maybe you could speak to that a little bit i guess yeah totally um when i first want to start my school i was just like i hate the word survival you know like i hate it (laughs) it was just like it's been used to sell shit it's been used to make us seem like we're fighting against nature you know and i was just like yeah I was like, I'm not fucking using the word survival. (laughs) And my buddy, my mentor and buddy was just like, no, you got to use it. He's like, you got to, you got to re rename it. You got to re own it. You Mm. know, I'm like, fuck, like, damn, that's a long road, you know, shit. Okay. Um, but the thing is like, if we're talking about survival here, like what is going to kill us? Like what is modern day survival? It's, not you know it's probably more about community expressing our emotions not eating shitty food you know and like going back to our culture you know like going back to our village building if we don't have that like you know we're probably we get depressed and get you know whatever all the issues that come with all the shit food we eat and we don't move our bodies and um we we feel alone and we feel dark and depressed and we fucking kill ourselves or whatever you know like there's 
So it is survival. And if we do want to continue to live on this planet, we have to learn how to connect to the planet. We have to learn how to care about it. We have to learn how to stop, you know, supporting these big industries that are just fucking destroying this planet. And we have to learn how to grow our own food a bit by bit. And so, so it is survival, you know, it, it is, it, but it's not what sur- most people think of when they hear survival, you know, but what are the chances you're going to be out in the woods and be stranded for four days? Fucking pretty much <laughs> zero, you know, like yeah. I, there's a huge grief in that for me. I wish there were more wild places where people could get lost, you know, yeah. like, but in the United States specifically, it's really fucking hard. Like there's still <laughs> like big parks and things like that. But if you just walk in one direction, you're eventually going to find a road or a creek or a house or whatever, you know, like it's pretty hard to get lost. Yeah. Uh, American West, it's a little bit easier to get lost out there, but, um, but it's just not likely that any of us are going to find ourselves in a survival situation anytime soon um, without some sort of like giant collapse of our, of our society. So, so yeah, that is, this is our survival. This is, you know, <laughs> like learning how to connect and how to feel, how to work through our shit and how to take that moment to, to breathe and make a conscious choice. Like that is our survival. And so I do teach people how to survive in the woods, but I kind of like, I'm always like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that, that's important to know how to not freeze to death. Okay. 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 But moving <laughs> on, how do you feel right now? Like, tell me what's in your heart. Yeah. You know? And that makes people cringe sometimes and they got to get used to that. But that's really the important thing of for holding trauma in our bodies. Shit just gets real fucking bad real fast. You know, we all got trauma in our bodies. Like, you know, there's no done. We're not done with it. We've been yeah. living this shitty culture for so long and all the things that have happened in the last couple hundred years that lives in our bodies. And so um, we got plenty of shit to breathe through and work through and move through. So I love what you're saying, um, and I think you're pulling it off. I think you are reclaiming the word survival. And when I saw you, I think that's what attracted me to what you're doing. And when uh, Sean shared your post and when I checked out your page, I just got the sense right away that it's like there's something different about this. It's not just a guy doing a survival thing, you know, like there's just a different energy there. And um, beyond that, I love what you're saying about like it still is survival in terms of like, if we keep going on the trajectory we're going, like we're going to destroy ourselves, um, yeah. you know, or at least we're going to be very unhealthy. Like, you know, you know, people are more unhealthy than ever, regardless of lifespan, which I think is actually declining now, I want to say. But still, mm-hmm. it's like, who cares if we're living until we're 100, if we're just sick right. and depressed and, you yeah. know, and so it's like... And it, it and it feels to me, and tell me if you can relate to this or if you agree with this. It I have this sense that like, um, you know, some sort of cultural trauma, um, not only just our own personal traumas, but like an ancestral trauma is part of what drives our life direction as like a culture. Like it's part of what attracts us to wanting to distract ourselves with more and more technological um, advancements. Like it's almost like a Gnosticism thing where it's like we're worshiping this God in technology thinking that it's going to like solve our problems, but we're just like ignoring the real, you know, I, I know there's no real distinction between technology and nature when you, re- when you really look at it, you know, right. from a distance perspective. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think just... For me personally, I feel like 
I'm realizing that part of what keeps me disconnected from nature is my own trauma. So when I put myself in nature and, you know, confront myself with more direct experiences like foraging mm-hmm. for something or camping or whatever, like it brings up my own trauma mm-hmm. just naturally. Like I've, I'm sort of like, um, just confronted with my fears about nature, my insecurities about myself, my feeling of being alone or disconnected from the environment, you know, my fear of animals or the fact that I don't, I'm not connected to plants and animals anymore. I don't know how to, you know, like all these things just bring up things inside of me. So it's almost like it's maybe you're not gonna, you know, get lost in the woods per se, mm-hmm. but you know, it might, you're going to find some sort of trauma and working through that stuff might help you to let go of a, you know, soda addiction or like cigarettes or, you know, might help you connect deeper with your loved ones or whatever the case. Totally. Yeah. I mean, nature's, nature's the perfect teacher. Like that's what I saw when I started working in wellness therapy, you know, we were all I'd be hiking with the, the the kids and they would like all have, you know, backpacks that they made out of sticks. And like, we'd be struggling to get up this <laughs> mountain. And one kid would be like, fuck this. I want to use fucking drugs right now. And I'm like, okay. You know, and another kid's like, fuck this. I hate my parents. Or like, okay. And the other kid's like, fuck this. I'm a piece of shit. I'm horrible. You know, you're just yeah. like, we're all doing exactly the same thing right now, but it's bringing about exactly what needs to be brought up. Yeah. And that's the thing with healing. And that's, if there's, you know, one thing to, to remember about healing is that it, you have to go to the dark places. That's what healing is. Like you, you have to re-trigger the trauma and hopefully do it in a safe place and a place that you feel held and supported. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this really insidious part of our culture that I think is, I don't know if it's intentionally built in, but here we are. Right. Um, of of avoidance of our of those dark places so we sit on our phone and we don't have to think about anything right i can just oh i can just fucking scroll and like i don't have to think i don't have to feel i can sit on the couch i'm very comfortable oh great i don't have to do anything like everything comes to me but that never that's not going to heal your stuff in order to heal you have to go into it you know and i think that's the big misconception about healing is is nirvana and i'm oh i'm blissed out and everything's great and it's like no actually you got to go the fucking depths you know you have to feel your grief and feel your sadness and feel your depression and feel all those things fully and as soon as you feel them they often move on right Mm -hmm. it's like it's that thing we were talking about as soon as that thing is ready to transition then all you have to do is like go into it and then it moves on right that's how nature works we go in these big cycles where you know it's just you can't go to the next stage until you're done with that stage and so we get stuck stuck in these patterns and we feel depressed all the time because we're not feeling it fully. We're not getting to the root source of it. So yeah, when we go out in nature and there's nothing to distract us, nature is this beautiful mirror that reflects all of these things back to us. You know, it's just like this like beautiful brick wall that everything we throw at it yeah. just hits us right back. <laughs> and so it's a beautiful opportunity for people to see where they're stuck and see their patterns. And, Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't realize this. And I have a fear here and I feel guilty about this. And it's like, great. That's, that's fantastic. And that's how we're going to heal. And then after it, you feel great. Um, but 
if you always sit on a couch and you know, stay on technology, it's really hard to go to those places. Um, yeah. And even notice them, you know? Mm-hmm. So we kind of get the blah feeling all the time. Yeah. One thing I just uh, remembered um, that I want to talk about uh, yeah. before we get too close to the end here is like um, your Instagram profile says you're naked and afraid uh, yeah. <laughs> survivalist three times. I mean, tell me about this. Like my girlfriend's son was on a kick of watching naked and afraid for a while. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. we got a kick out of it. And then seeing that, I was like, Oh no way. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess just tell me about what that was like, how it happened and just like what, yeah. What were your, your experiences yeah. were like? It was kind of funny. Cause you know, it's like my alter ego in a way where it's like, I feel like, superman clark can't kind of thing where they're kind of like two separate lives you know <laughs> like doing this rebuilding of culture and like okay like trauma-informed healing and the breath work and all this stuff you know and a number of years ago i guess six or seven years ago now i got an opportunity to go on naked afraid which is this like discovery channel cable tv reality tv show yeah. thing which you know the first thing i usually say about it is like my my experience and the show are very, they're like entirely different worlds, yeah. you know? And, um, and I don't, you know, like I'm very grateful for it. Like it was like a fucking great opportunity for me who is like at heart, you know, like I said, I want to be a hunter gatherer. I want to like hunt big animals. I want to like push my limits. I want to get, you know, punched in the face by my traumas and my blocks when mm-hmm. I go in nature and, and find all those places, go to my inner depths, you know? And so this show was a great opportunity for me to push my edges and also be like supported, you know, like, okay, there's a medic right there. And if anything fucking happens, you know, they, they got my back. Um, so, yeah, so I've been able to do three different adventures with this show, Naked and Afraid. The first one, uh, I went to Namibia, which is Southwest Africa, right next to South Africa. Um, I did 21 days in the high desert there with one woman, a partner named Lindsay and survived 21 days there. And that was a whole journey, you know? And then the second one, the second adventure, I went down to the jungles of Columbia and was with 11 other people. And that was, yeah, that was a lot of people. That was a lot of (laughs) energetics that was very difficult at times. Uh, Made some lifelong friends, made some amazing, met some amazing humans and met some humans. I was like, Oh, I don't no Thank you. Um, And you're starving and you're, you know, doing all that. So it's, it doesn't make things easier. And then the most recent one I did was just about two years ago now. And that one I did um, alone for 21 days in South Africa. And that was like, the show, the show did a good job. I lo- really loved, like, it was an emotional ride just to watch my ups and downs and my own learning and, uh, you know, forgetting and remembering and all this stuff. And, um, but my individual experience on that sh- 21 days in South Africa was like the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my entire life. Like, absolutely brilliant and wonderful. And, um, yeah, I actually tell that story around the fire when I go to different gatherings and different places. And it's like a three hour long story. It's like fucking epic. And my ancestors came and visited me in my dreams and I became the animal I was hunting. And it was oh, like totally like fucking brilliant, um, suffering, horrible pain, shame, you know, all the darkness too. And, um, 
but yeah, so I did 21 days there too. So yeah, it's, there's just like millions of stories and all, and all of those adventures. Um, yeah. So I kind of do that. And that's like, like I'm not, I'm not training people in my school to go on naked afraid. Although I've had a few students go on and do it now. Um, that's not my intention. My intention is to like, you know, what's it? I just like to, I'm just a bro. <laughs> like I'm a bro. I'm trying to be a healthy bro. And I'm trying to be a earth-based bro. And I'm trying to be a bro for the greater village. You know, like how can I bring the gifts of a bro to this world? And one of those gifts is, is I like to push my edges and I like to really challenge myself and come back stronger for the village. And so Naked Afraid definitely gave that to me in, in spades. So that's beautiful, man. Yeah. What, uh, is it easy to find the episodes or find this? I don't remember how it works. Episodes or seasons yeah. where you were on to see you in your glory. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Careful. Warning. My butt cheeks will be. <laughs> um, I, I think it used to be easier. I think it used to just be on YouTube and you could buy each episode or something like that. But I think now it might have to be on discovery plus, I think, mm. but I think you can do a week trial for free and you can see it. Cool. So your wilderness school stuff, um, would you ever, or are you planning to do any wilderness school things in different areas or are, are you doing any online stuff or classes or things online or, you know, what's the, I guess, what's the future plans and goals and offerings of, of uh, the holistic wilderness school? Yeah. Um, right now I'm just doing my 10 month immersion classes and private classes in person. So if you come down to the Asheville area, you can, you know, holler at me and I'll, I'll be around. You can come up to my 20 acres and play around, learn some skills. Um, the future goal is, um, is to offer online classes. So just like follow the year of my immersion, but do it online and learn skills and, and things like that. So hopefully that'll be coming out next year is my goal. Um, so people can jump in on that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What uh, What's going on with you personally as far as like beyond the wilderness school? Are there, what else are you getting into right now? Or what's your like next, you know, I feel like we all kind of have a, a current like obsession or motivation, like people who mm -hmm. are kind of into the stuff that we're into. Like what's your thing that you're, is it the land and doing more permaculture type stuff or what, you know, what's going on with you in that sense? Yeah. The land is definitely a big one. Just learning my persimmon trees. I'm stoked on persimmons. I got this land and had a huge persimmon tree. I don't, I don't know, know much you, about those. I was going to say you're a northerner. You probably never even come across persimmon. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I remember I'm originally from Michigan, so I feel your pain. I was like, what the hell is a person? It's this little tiny uh, orange fruit that okay. looks like a little pumpkin. And they're like candy. Like they're just like the sweetest thing ever. And I have this huge persimmon tree that was dropping like 10 fruits a day from like October till December, just like raining down candy on me every day. <laughs> So I'm really stoked on that. I just like them because they're native. They're not, they don't get frosted as easily as pears and apples. Like all my pears and apples got totally frosted this year. Late frost got them. Uh. Uh, so anyway, I'm stoked on persimmons. That's one. Um, 
stoked on hunting my own land. That's my next level. It's just like getting totally schooled by these big mountain bucks on, on the back of my mountain, mm. you know, hunting with my own, you know, homemade bows and homemade arrows and all that stuff. So that's fun. Um, and then jujitsu, that's my other big, like just totally getting my ass kicked, you know, <laughs> every single day in jujitsu and how good that feels just to have, cause I've just always been a one trick pony where I'm just like primitive skills of a different variety, you know, oh, I'll tan hides, oh, I'll make fire, oh, I'll make bows and arrows. And it's great. And I still am obsessed with all those things. But it feels good just to get something that's like totally different. And jujitsu has kind of been that thing where um, just just another craft to like dive into and see all the all the metaphysical truths within it. So that's been that's been really fun for me. Hell yeah, dude. Making me want to get into jujitsu. <laughs> oh, dude. If you got the mind for it, it's like it's all about being in, cent- in your center and in balance. And if you're too far this way, it opens up a thing. But if you're too far that way, it opens up a thing, you know, mm. and so like. I just, I'm almost <laughs> not quite because I like the physicality of it, but I'm almost learning it just because I'm just like, oh my God, this is like such, you know, moment by moment, am I in my center and am I in, you know, am I conscious? Am I aware of what's going on? Because it's so easy just to like freak out your nervous system as someone's trying to like choke you out, you know, and then to be like totally oblivious to what you're doing with your arms mm-hmm. and legs. And it's like, how can I breathe, stay in the moment? And, you know, try to work my way out of this jam. And yeah. it's great, great training for life. Nice. Yeah. So how can, uh, besides just, I, I think everyone who's on Instagram who listens to this should definitely follow you to check out what you're doing because I think it's great stuff. But how else should people like, you know, stay up to date on what you're offering and, you know, stay tuned for any online things you might offer or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, holisticsurvivalschool.com. That would be the, the best way. Um, but, you know, you can sign up for the email list and mm. just be warned, you know, as a nature guy, I, I'm happy if I get four emails out every year. So <laughs> um, Instagram is a good place to follow me and the website's a good place to follow me. So those awesome, two places, man. if anything big happens, it'll be on there. Nice. Yeah. Well, man, it's been a pleasure. I, uh, you know, like, I've definitely been getting into, you know, spending more time in the woods and foraging and, you know, gardening and trying to learn all this sort of stuff. But the straight up sort of survival skill stuff, I've been interested in in quite a while here. And it's something that I haven't done like any type of real immersion into that kind of stuff. So this conversation is definitely kind of increased my motivation to just make it happen i'd love if i could come out there and do it with you i don't know when i'll be out in that area but if i ever find myself headed in that direction i would definitely uh love the opportunity to do it with you otherwise you know i'm just gonna try to you know start somewhere and find a way to get it going but uh, that's a great way to start too yeah yeah, man, I would love anytime you come down, just let me know. I'd love to have you over and teach you some things and, you know, compare some notes on some permaculture stuff. And yeah, I really have appreciated the, the conversation. It felt really uh, awesome and yeah, felt felt good and felt connective. So I appreciate it. You know, you're bringing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. I, I just love, you know, I, 
don't know exactly. I mean, I started this podcast for various different reasons. I think part of it was that ego trick thing of feeling like, oh, if I could have a people that listen to this, then I'll be okay or whatever. And that quickly devolved into a bunch of personal suffering. But I think what came out of it was realizing like, oh, I don't I don't really care that much if anybody listens to it. I hope if people listen to it, they find something that you know, maybe they find themselves on a similar journey as I am and they find something of value. But really what it's about mm-hmm. is me being able to connect with people like you and feel mm-hmm. like, oh, there are other people out there that are going through things I'm going through that are at different stages in this in these journeys. And I can feel yeah. like not just one little speck trying to, you know, get out of the blob or whatever, you know. <laughs> Yeah, man, you've, you've never been alone. We've never been alone. You know, there's always someone else on that same journey with us. It just feels like we're alone. No doubt. Well, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it, Jacob. Jacob, 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 Jacob,